Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Monday edition. Hot Mike with Hunting with Row across the Outkick Network. Coming up in 20 minutes, what's real and what's not with what we heard from Commissioner Greg Sankey, from head coaches across the Southeastern Conference like Lane Kiffin. What we may hear from Big Ten coaches, the most powerful conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten, and when it comes to the authority on name, image, likeness, coverage, and with Transfer Portal and more, Shannon Terry and Grant Ferking from On3 Sports joins us in studio. I'd love to, and these guys are going to do a good job with it because they know as much or more about it than anyone else out there, but... I'm ready for a down-the-middle take on all of this because we got Andy Staples over here who we talked to last week for On3 who's like, there are zero issues. There's no problem with it. Sport's never been better. Let everyone do whatever they want. Coaches need to shut up. The market will dictate it. No problems. Then you have Lane Kiffin acting like college football might end the next two years because it's such a cataclysmic disaster. Right. That is NIL and transfer portal and everything else. And I can see the need for some sort of regulation or rule book, just like you have in the NFL with it. But I also kind of understand that, you know, you're going to, you might have to let the markets decide. And when the markets decide, it's not fair. And then I keep going back to the fact that college football has never been completely fair. Depending on what program you are, what history you have, what resources you have. It's like we've long Saban, can vouch for either side he wants to. He's going to win either way. He's going to adjust, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious for what continues to be pushed on behalf of the, the power conferences and what we will hear from Tony Patetti as well versus where we're going to see players take this because they're meeting with the NCAA later this week uh, up in Indianapolis, I believe tomorrow, and then Wednesday, Big Ten Media Days gets underway in the in the same city. There's a lot of news that will happen from that. And I'm just curious from the NCAA's perspective, after taking a huge step back, now under new leadership, they're meeting with athletes. They're bringing them in to see what it is exactly that they're looking for. Regulation, revenue share, whatever it might be. Uh, Shannon and Grant will have the very latest. Well, what they should want, if you're an athlete right now, is exactly what you have. Well, or very little to no regulation or rep- representation because of the again, like you're either going to have regulation or you're going to have uh, you're going to be taken advantage of when it comes to potential agents, but also the television contracts, what you're going to be doing, not doing. You're going to be oh, you're compensated for your name, image, likeness, but here's five hundred bucks, which is more than what you had, but it's not. It's not nearly what is known to be available, but you're not able to see the books. It's very strange where we are. And it's also interesting the NCAA is bringing them in to discuss it. Well, we'll find out why, because Sankey's not discussing revenue share. We know that. TV well, networks it's not, aren't doing that And either. that's not what they want either. So it's – I think the players have it best right now. We'll talk to Grant and Shannon about it, but 
it, the people that are complaining about NIL, for the most part, there are some players like, man, I wish collectives would do what they say and this and that. There's collectives now picking up that part of it and trying to be completely on the up and up and make sure that they are delivering what they promise in contracts to players. But the players have it pretty good right now with no regulation. Chet, uh, Brian Harmon was very good at the British Open, at the Open uh, in Liverpool. And I am going, okay, let me learn more about this guy. He hasn't won on tour, period, in over six years. Never won a major. Um, he's, I think his total purse over his career is like 30-plus million, which is great. But again, that's, he's not atop the leaderboards. He is third place right now, though, in the U.S. Ryder Cup point standings. And the top six uh, after the BMW Championship, which is August 20th, so you know we're just around the corner from that, the top six automatically qualify for the Ryder Cup. So the American that won the Open, we will likely see represent us uh, at the Ryder Cup. We will, yeah, we will I, see him a lot more. I almost feel like if you are an American that goes overseas and wins the biggest international tournament, which is the Open Championship – you probably should just automatically be invited on the Ryder Cup team. I mean, you, even, yeah, you because stormed, of the elements. And you stormed Royal Liverpool. And I'm just saying, like, you went into Europe and you won as an American. If an American wins that tournament, you're in. I'm all for just automatic exemption right into the Ryder Cup team. And it looks like Harmon's going to have earned his way there regardless, so it won't matter. Going to storm Rome. But I'm, I'm ready for him to, after he stormed the home of the Beatles, let's storm Rome next. September. Bring it on. That's right. American winning internationally in Europe is good enough for me to go against Europe in the Ryder Cup. Chad, I was checking social because I was looking to see the leaderboard Saturday, moving day, of course, yesterday. And at no point did I think, oh, I'm going to flip over and see anything dramatic. This was, uh, I don't know, I didn't see it. Was it a bore? You watched a little bit of this. How, did, how long could you stick with it knowing that Harmon was running away with it in what was a downpour, the, the, the elements certainly played a factor. They always do uh, at the Open Championship. But this did not have the same dramatic effect that we saw with Kepka and John Rahm and the other majors earlier this year. I mean, it looked like a British Open. It was gray. It was all day Sunday, raining. Like Dayton, Ohio. You had some, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Dayton, but in the U.K. There were really old houses, uh, you know, off, off the course. It looked pretty cool. It looked like a very old place, which it is, at Royal Liverpool. But you can't manufacture drama when it's not there. Harmon just did not allow anyone to get close. So I'm looking at Sepp Straka six strokes back and Cameron Young and John Rahm at one point at six under when you know Harmon's at 12 under. There was just no real drama throughout the tournament. So for the British Open and any major, if you don't have that level of intrigue, and you don't have a, a back and forth like that. I mean, it's not, it's tough to make it something that it's not. If it was Roy McElroy, you know, oh, in his yeah, return yeah. winning a no, major and you. he's up six strokes, then it's probably a bigger deal. Not the, probably it is, but with that, there just was no drama. But golf's in a really good spot. I think the, the perception is it's not because of all the drama with the back and forth with the merger. And I'm going to continue to call it that because that's what it was before they decided to change it before they went to Capitol Hill. Uh, but golf's in a good spot because we could name a pretty good list of players that would draw us to that, right? It's not just one or two, and you're looking for the drama of Tiger and Phil. No, I think it's probably it's a, it's a, 15 to 20 deep. Yeah, and that's, I mean. guys with a big name. I don't think the, per, 
what, if I'm just thinking about what would get me there and just sitting here listening to your description, it's a, lar- a vastly different number than what I would have expected to admit. But and the it's, problem with this weekend is Brian Harmon is not one of them. I, no, not yet. But I think we will see him a lot more because of, at least I watched the Ryder Cup. I, I mean, enjoy yeah, it. but as a 36-year-old, suddenly after you know well, one no. major, going to be someone we're tuning in for every time. Well, when no. John Rahm was in well, contention. It's like Mike Weir at the Masters. Yeah, that's a guy who's not uh, not an American, but I, I'm watching when John Rahm is close to the top of the leaderboard, but not Brian Harmon. So I, I don't blame MJ for selling the Hornets or the, the majority state. What was it, valued $3 billion? I think it's the sell. He's officially no longer the uh, the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know. I, should I care more? I feel like I would have cared. I should have cared more. The league should have propped this up more than what it was. He's been so silent behind the scenes as an owner when I didn't expect him to be like this 13 years ago or however long it was when he took over as the majority, the, the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. It, it's a different vibe than what I expected. It'll be different. LeBron wants Vegas, right? That will be different than MJ in Charlotte. What if LeBron and Michael both owned a Vegas franchise together? Really putting to bed the whole LeBron versus MJ deal? That they just decided to be co-owners of a team in Vegas? That, that would be something. I saw over the weekend Magic Johnson posted on Instagram a photo of him and Cookie, his wife, Michael Jordan and his wife, Yvette, and Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson and his wife, oh. all enjoying a dinner together at some Michelin star restaurant in Capri, Italy. So, not that mm. MJ doesn't have money outside of that, but that's also I mean, where that $3 billion sell will help get well, you if you're Michael Jordan. The, the, the profit off of the Jordan brand Nike stuff is just incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm as big I'm, a Michael Jordan fan as there's out there. I did not give a damn about the Charlotte Hornets no, I, but I, while he was there. So, I don't know that I feel it, like any team that, ownership though. would... But I don't think get he, me excited about him, I, and I, also I because they're the not league. good. Yeah, well, that but, if they're in the finals and he's courtside as the owner, we're caring more about Michael Jordan and his ownership in a pro sports team. Yeah, but he wasn't. If he goes and owns the Chicago Bulls, he's barely visible. Next. He, if he was watching the games, he was like tucked away in a back corner. Yeah, we saw the spot that he normally you know? occupied. It was like yeah. off to the side of the bench. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it, it was intentionally behind the scenes, and I. Wish it wasn't. Now that I look back on it, but in the in the moment, I didn't really care. It's not. I, I, Jordan should not be an afterthought if he's owning an NBA franchise. I guess that, and he was. So well, because and the Hornets are too. Because they sucked. Sure. <laughs> if he would have been better as an owner, wouldn't have been an afterthought. Chad, you saw the quality of the video of the music video that was shot at Florida A and M uh, with the football team that uh, has suspended all team activities for the time being. Uh, based on a rapper that went in and by the way the news just came down they have now lifted that suspension oh so this is they're back to work today it was four days they suspended activities they're back to playing again at Florida so uh, the the head coach he said that he suspended you know weights uh, team meetings whatever practices whatever while they figured out who was a part of this and who made this happen I pretty guess. easy to tell based well, on well no but the like how they get in and yeah. do all this without their knowledge and then once they decided that then they would decide punishment for that, those individuals this is also uh you know they've got their uh media days in birmingham tomorrow i believe so this is ahead of all of that too well you have to I, they should come out to this song uh, the, the production quality remember the old rapper haystack that oh, yeah. was a local of rapper. It looked like something Haystack would have done on a VHS tape. 
That's how I would describe the production quality Maybe that's a of throwback. what happened. Maybe it's excellent production, and though, to get that Unfortunately, for most HBCU programs, that's their production value. Deion Sanders shined a light on this. Oh, uh, I think this is... Ed Reed shined a light on this at Bethune-Cookman. It's a sad state but this is a, for a lot of those programs, this is and a this well, is another example. But this is a well-known rapper that this is his video, not their player. It's not the players in it. That they the, the rapper somehow got in with the players, and they, they were like... But why Florida A&M? Why? There had I, to be some connection. I know. Uh, maybe I mean, they'll tell the us. The quality of the video, though, is on the artist, not the player. Hutton, uh, Northwestern has two external investigations going on right now they've commissioned. Maybe. How many external investigations do we think Florida A&M will be commissioning outside counsel on this? Or do you think that the football needed. coach talked to the players, hey. found out who's cousins with the rapper, and then decided to suspend them for one game. He probably already forward. knew, but to Florida A&M's credit, at least they're more public than Northwestern was about their investigation. Hey, they said they're going to be public with this next one. Because now it's the Me Too of college, college sports, is what the plaintiff attorneys are claiming. Uh, Chase Claypool, um, he was traded from Pittsburgh to Chicago. Done nothing since. Uh, we've talked about him less than we talked about Jordan uh, as an owner of the Charlotte Hornets, Jeff. Well, what we talked about when it happened was how weird it was. Of all the possible places for him to go. And now, now going time, into camp. Chicago was one of the last we would have thought about. Yeah. And now he's going into camp. He's on the physically unable to perform list. So, uh, not working out. No. And Chicago's got a ton. Of, they, they, had, they still have the top money available in free, in free agency and salary cap. Well, but the cr- craziest. They're, they're waiting on uh, potential cuts. And keep in mind, all the cuts this year in the NFL will happen on the same day. They're going from 91 to 53 on the same day. Craziest injury news is Naheem Hines of the Bills. I don't know if you've seen this, but he is going to be out probably for the season because of a serious injury suffered on a jet ski. Yeah, how do you feel about this? You were just on one. I was just on jet skis recently. I could see how it would happen. Clearly a newbie on a jet ski, but it's, it almost sounds like someone thought they were trying to go in reverse he was on the left side, and he was seated in another jet ski, and someone floored it and hit his leg and severely injured his leg, and he's out. I think the report I saw was a significant amount of time. He's going to be out for the Bills, so... Look, you don't ever want to see injuries, especially right now with training camp starting. Yeah. You definitely don't want to see an injury like that. Well, and now Hines, because he was traded to Buffalo from Indy, um, and I, the immediate player that comes to mind is Dalvin Cook. Does this open the door if there's no legal ramifications behind the scenes? But, you know, the, the reports were he offered, um, was it his ex-girlfriend, I believe, that has the lawsuit against him for assault. Um, he had offered... $800,000 in the settlement. A part of that that was made public before it was sealed was, and now he's reportedly offered a million. A part of that was she had to write a letter to the NFL absolving him of everything, saying that she, you know, lied. And the settlement, there was an ask for that, which she has not agreed to. But that would indicate that he knows he's going to be suspended, or if his agent does. And that's really the only way, if he signs with a team now that he wouldn't face a suspension based on a settlement because he's continued to deny this, but the settlement payment would be for her to tell the NFL that none of this is legit, which is what he's been saying from the first time this became public. Well, and the report was what a million dollars was the offer. It was, to her? It, yeah, it was 800. Now it's up to a million according to the, the documents and the reports here. And, and the thought is he is going to face a suspension from the league. Um, but 
I, I, I found that one detail interesting. If if you settle, and then the you know you have you have her write the letter to the league. What happens from that standpoint, saying that if she's absolving him of anything to do with any accusation? I don't know how the league could come back and say, okay, that's fine, no suspension at all based on the photos we saw that were released of her and the initial claim. I think I think the ability for someone to pay her a million dollars as a player so she signs a piece of paper, right. I don't think that's going to stop Roger Goodell from suspending him. And I think I could be wrong. But I, I don't think – and I think that's a big part of the holdup right now with Dalvin Cook Yeah, is what's going to happen next with that. Naeem Hines, though, uh, with the injury, I mean, we they face a spot where the Buffalo was scrambling at the trade deadline to get him last year for just a piece to the puzzle in the postseason. They barely used him, but they clearly had a plan for him when they acquired him, uh, and Indy got out of that contract. Now they've got to scramble, and, well, they get to prove it to the league and prove it to Saquon Barkley and others that, hey, running backs will just – We'll go find the next guy. Shannon Terry, Grant Ferkin, we discussed name, image, likeness. What's real, what's not? What's next? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Last week with the SEC in town, our, our two guests in studio with us here at Sixth and Peabody making the rounds. Uh, and the coaches, Greg Sankey, making the rounds as well, discussing name, image, likeness, transfer portal, where we're headed, what's right, what's wrong, and who needs to fix it. Shannon Terry... Grant Furking, they're here from on three, discussing all things NIL, which they've done with us several times. But I'm glad you guys came in today. Good to see you guys. Uh, recapping the week that was, looking forward to the Big Ten discussion. But Shannon, Grant, chime in on this. I just want to, right out of the gate, Greg Sankey and Lane Kiffin were the most vocal a week ago. Where did you think, you know what, they're, they're on the right track, that he's correct. Where did you think... Uh, they're not looking. They're not giving the total picture of where we're headed and the 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 scope of what everyone should know versus what we think we know. Does that make yeah. sense? Wow. They're I mean, not telling us everything clearly. Hey, great to be here. By the way, uh, traffic was a mess. Welcome to was the uh, new Nashville. But you know what? Just, right. Is it ever us. not a mess now? Nope. It's, it's unbelievable. Just, it is it's what, never it is good. Yep. We'll have. Uh, Thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, we we'll appreciate have, it. We'll have Chad. Uh, send the Uber next time for you. I'll no. go out and uh, direct traffic for you right after this. We'll make sure I'll, to get I'll you get out of here. So did you leave frustrated last week, Shannon, or did you think uh, that they're they're really trying? So interesting, or not not interesting, but NIL was the topic of discussion. Um, you know, ball's just around the corner, and we're talking about NIL. So that's just where we are now. And they planned that. And they planned that. You know, the interesting thing to me was 
I think the the most the thing that stuck out with me the most was when Sankey got up there and he said, "There's only one way to fix this." It was very clear about that, and that was a federal bill. And and so you know he he had the stage, he had the national attention, and he chose to go you know all in on the efforts in Washington that are that are taking shape now. Grant, you hear the same thing. You made a lot of rounds doing interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what you got out of Sankey was about what you would have guessed going into media days. Um, now, I think if, if you want to take a little different perspective, what Lane Kiffin said, um, and he said a lot, and he, he, he would kind of get aggressive, and then he would kind of take it back, right? Um, you know, but, but what he said in, in his – you know, generic perspective on, on rev share was, was really interesting. Um, you know, he, he included to go on and say, even with a rev share model, there's still going to be, you know, traditional NIL going on. Absolutely. There's also going to be donor payments under the table going on. Absolutely. Right. Um, but he was really the only coach that got up there. Um, you know, you had Kirby saying, I'm not an expert on that. I'm not going to touch it. But Lane was the only one that really went up there and said, you know, I think a rev share model you know, could be interesting, right? And, uh, you know, I think that will spark a lot of discussion and, you know, something that, that Shannon and I think, you know, could be really interesting. I think you guys have always been very practical about it every time we've talked to you about all these issues, NIL, transfer portal, everything. I hear Lane Kiffin use a word like disaster. This is the college football. This is a disaster for college football everywhere. We had your guy now at On3, Andy Staples, on the show. And, I mean, I asked him a question about it. He's like, why are you even asking me about it? It's no problem at all. No issue at all with NIL. They're working it out on their own. Why does anyone care? Why is Greg Sankey talking about it? Why is Lane Kiffin talking about it? I can't help but think maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle of those two approaches. But what do you guys think about what's the coach's motivation for almost all of them saying, boy, this is a big problem? We got to come up with rules on this. Look, I think it's all kind of a big rouge to a degree. Okay, let's okay. let's just peel this back for what it really is. There are five hundred and twenty thousand NCAA student athletes, right? Okay, one hundred and seventy thousand are Division One athletes. Power Five football, which is the big revenue driver of the three point eight billion in, in revenue they're going to take in. Power Five football. Almost 6,000, high major basketball, 1,900, for a total of 8,000 athletes that we're really talking about here. If you carve into those 8,000 of those 520 and you do the standard 80-20 kind of analysis here, we're talking about $240 million going somewhere to around 1,600 athletes. Okay. So for all the, the cries about the North Dakota pole vaulter and all the different things, this comes down to one thing, protecting the revenue share. Okay, that's, that's what this is all about. Okay, if you take collective money away from the athlete and you look at true traditional NIL, it's a really, really small place. So all these numbers you're hearing about billions of dollars and all that, BS. Okay, it really just comes down to these select group of about 1,700 athletes that, that are about 85% of the overall NIL market, and it's all hands on deck to keep them out of that compensation around revenue sharing and overall revenue. So is that why they're turning? Is that why Sankey is turning to the, the, the federal solution here and not just coming out and trying to lead it on his own? I, I, we had him on. I said, I feel like you get things done. If you wanted to lead this charge, 
And, and, and I know he's gone to Capitol Hill, but he's he's you know he's thumping on the podium last week. And who, who does he work for? Well, he works for the presidents, right? The SEC. But they could come up with their own model if they wanted to. They're they're asking. I mean, he works for the presidents who are also asking for regulation, right? They could also present the regulations. I didn't get a sense he was very optimistic about it with his tone. And, of a federal bill, right? No, they're all off target. He knows Jonathan. that, but he's he's preaching federal instead of any type. I hear a lot of complaints, but not a solution. But you're saying it's their interest to protect the fact they, they do not want revenue sharing with yeah. athletes Let, having a, a piece of the pie. Right? Let's hit the numbers again, okay? Of all the money, we're talking about nine percent of the athlete budget going to talent. Any other talent-driven model in the world would be over fifty percent. Okay, so if there's a two hundred million, if there's a two hundred million dollar athlete athletic budget there, and you say, you know, half of that's coming from football, you're talking about fifty million dollars. Okay, but are they worried that the nine percent becomes a forty nine and through a half percent through revenue sharing, and, and that would also be through a union that would form right. to, to get that percentage. So that's why they don't. That's want. the worry. We're just protecting. They want. They they don't. They they know it's nine percent, but they know what it will balloon to. What it can be. And so how do they stop it? What, how do they actually just kick the can down the road? Well, what a, what a federal bill does, which is interesting, is that it would give the power back to the NCAA, which has been able to suppress those, those figures for decade after decade. If they don't get a federal bill passed, it will be almost impossible. Shannon Terry and Grant Furking in studio with us from On3. Uh, they are the authority when it comes to name, image, likeness, uh, at the transfer portal, all of it, uh, in terms of the college coverage. Grant, uh, NCAA, they're hosting athletes this week ahead of Big Ten Media Days up in Indianapolis. Um, what do you expect from these meetings? What do the players want to get out of it? Why is the NCAA stepping up and wanting to do this now, finally? Well, first things first, I don't expect much. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, it is optimistic. It's, it's, it's nice to see that they're actually trying to include the athletes' voice in it. They have athletes from Florida, Alabama, Notre Dame, Colorado. All sports represented here? Well, that's the thing. Brush. I'm really interested to see the list of who. Or these, is it the 250 well, these or whatever we're talking about? These universities have the ability to send gotcha. whoever they think represents NIL the best at their institution. Okay. My hope would be we see a great collection of Power 5 football and Power 5 basketball because that's the group that represents – and is so well taken care of by collectives and also, you know, the, the, the NIL model at its core. Majority of student athletes across the country are very well taken care of by their institution already, by their scholarship and all the benefits that comes along with it. If collectives were taken out of the equation, the elites of college football and basketball would suffer from it without collectives or some type of rev share model. So my hope is that these institutions will listen to their athletes and send a delegate that represents those two sports because that is what the NCA needs to hear. When the, when the D1 sack chair inks that letter and it's a pole vaulter from Minnesota, I don't know who it was, right. but it wasn't someone representative of where majority of the dollars in the NIL world are being, you know, flowing in from. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll, we'll find out Wednesday afternoon. So all the coaches talking about, you know, we need regulation. We need a regulation grant from the college. Let's just strictly college football. What you played, which you know a lot of college football players. From a Power 5 college football player perspective, do they have it good right now with a lack of, of, of regulation in terms of what they can make with NIL and with collectives? 
Is there a scenario where it gets worse? We know it's a scenario where they could get better with revenue sharing, right? Is there a scenario where the powers that be get together and make it worse on the athlete than good, it is right now? Good is an understatement. Understatement of the year right there. Like I said, majority of, high, of college football players are more than well taken care of. The elites of the elites, and you could go through and name them, are ones that also have true ROI when you're talking about marketability. Those are the ones that are going to get the big brand deals. Those are also the ones that there's the biggest inequity in, in how they're compensated. But majority of the athletes, I talked about other sports, but also majority of those on the 125-man roster are well taken care of by their scholarship. They actually are getting paid by the school. They get a cost of attendance check. They get a stipend check. There are all sorts of grant money that's going to them. Now all these schools have this you know, academic reward money where they're getting you know, between 2500 and five grand a semester. I mean, student-athletes are being taken care of in ways that they never have been before, and that's on top of them never having to pay for a meal, never having to pay for clothes, room and board getting taken care of. So they're getting taken care of. Now, when you go to the elites of the elite, you know, there's money to be distributed there. Shannon, uh, we've got, what, three, four minutes here. This may be an answer. I, I, I have no idea. Has Senator Tuberville reached out to you at all? He's, no, uh, I, he's, he's writing this. He's proposing this bill. He's presenting this with Joe Manchin, a bipartisan bill for NIL. Yep, Democrat. We're not Republican. expecting this to go very far, right? Because the other ones haven't either. Again, I'm, you can say that. I don't know, but yep. I'm assuming. Uh, where are we with this? Like, is it just, you know, uh, why are we, why, why is it such a discussion point if it's really no, there's no progress? I think a lot of it has to do with the way these things have come about. I think Ted Cruz, you know, could have actually, you know, he had some teeth and could have had a chance there, but he added, uh, you know, uh, no employment. Mm -hmm. is, and that's not going to be decided by the feds. That's going to be, a, you know, in, in the courts. And so eh, you're gone. You're yeah. out. Yep. You know, shows you how much you know. And so, you know, so we moved to Tuberville. Tuberville's, you know, draft or the that they're working on, Bill, is is very, very centered around giving – the NCAA as much power and control as it's had in the years. And so you put these sweeteners around it with health care and mental health, mental wellness and all these things, but it's controls. You can't get NIL until your first semester in college. I mean, come on, it's restrictive. And then it's, you can't use it as an inducement to recruit or to stay. Good luck enforcing that. And talk about confusion for the coaches. Well, and in the state of Missouri, for instance, where it's yeah, wide well, open for that specifically. So it's going to, you know, it's 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 going to be wrought with the same problems as the others. And you know, to to expand on on Grant's point, we're very practical here. The college athletes, P five college athletes, high major basketball, they have the best situation in the world right now. It's just this few fifteen hundred that we're talking about. And that right now is being bridged by the collectives in lieu of revenue sharing. That's, it's this, this is really that simple. The collectives are leading. So the collectives are lead, leading. If leading. revenue share comes, then collectives will go away, and it'll be about the same amount of money. So it's not like the athletes in general are going to go you know, significantly higher than where they are today. The collectives are just a bridge right now until this thing works itself out. Or they're the solution, a third-party solution in which we actually think they could be if, if the conferences in the NCAA got in a room and worked it out. Minute left, because Grant, I'm, I'm sitting there last week and I'm thinking, man, all of these stations, all the media discussing this. Yeah. I hear they're, they're regurgitating what they hear on the podium, what they hear from a coach. They're, 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 they're repeating the complaints. Yeah. 
there's not much leadership going on, even at the podium. I think Sankey's leading, but he's also looking for someone else to do it publicly. Yeah. He's definitely doing behind the scenes. Uh, it's Greg Sankey. 100%. What, where are we headed in the next 12 months? Is it still the same discussion at SEC Media Days this year like it was last year, next year? I, th I think uh, he actually said it during Media Week, but I actually think if you're going to see anything, and we haven't really over the last two years, much of a change. You've seen kind of shifts in you know, how collectives get formed and everything. But I think this time next year, things could actually look significantly different. I think they're going to have to. I think the, the Hail Mary of the federal – bill is happening right now and then you so know, something else falls which then... is actually funny because this all you know federal bill to to give the control back to the nca right is really pretty funny because we've seen in legal battles that the nca can't win yeah that's why the nca gave up right and backed out so it's amazing that they keep going back to this model which it, it keeps getting proven that it, it can't succeed in courts yeah it's it's craziness i'm glad you guys are navigating it and uh thanks for coming in and trying to uh <laughs> sort through this I just feel like and battling a, traffic to get here. Trying to. Yeah, no. I felt like I felt like I was moving, but I, you know, in a in a swim, I just don't know if we're going to figure it out. Am I still in the middle of the ocean, the lake of all this? We're going to figure all this it detail, out. Detail, chat. These guys of, are going to figure it out. A lot of money there, boys. Yeah, we don't have it, Shannon. With money comes problems. That's yeah. what we've learned. We got a lot of beer and moonshine here. Yep. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks. On three, on three sports. Check them out online. We're back to wrap up the show next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great perspective from Shannon Terry and Grant Furkin there of On3. If you missed portions of the show, Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston was fantastic, as was uh, Bobby Carpenter, Charlie Arnold. Always on demand. YouTube is where you can find us. Search out Outkick. Subscribe to the channel while you're there. Ring the bell. Pound the like button. Join Chad in the chat live, 3 to 6 Eastern for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Chad, um, Fred McGriff, the crime dog in Cooperstown. There are certain moments where you're like, man, that... You can, it's like chipper going in. You know, there, there yeah. are moments where you watch these guys as, as kids growing up, and as we were kids growing up. And then they're in Cooperstown, you're like, man, this is, this is like some finality to the team of, you know, my childhood. Well, it, uh, so many memories come back with Fred McGriff. When he gets traded from the Padres to the Braves, on that night, there was a fire in the club level at the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. <laughs> the game was delayed by about two hours, and he ends up hitting a walk-off home run to win the game that night. And I'll, I'll remember watching that game as a kid. So, yeah, there's a lot of memories. Really cool of Fred McGriff. He was elected not by the writers. He was past the, the voting stage of the writers. Mm -hmm. Scott Rowland was a writer selection. But he was elected by his peers, by other Hall of Famers. So... Made a point to go up and shake the hand of everyone on stage that was a player or that was up there with the Hall of Fame as he gave his 20-minute speech, which I thought was really cool. And he talked about how special it was 
that while he wasn't elected by the writer, Baseball Writers of America, he was selected by his peers, which That's was cool. very special to him. Um, yeah, well, one of the greats of our childhood. And Scott Rowland, obviously, a terrific career as well. I can't remember. It may have been Chipper Jones. I can't remember who tweeted this or posted this, but it was the room with like uh, Griffey. Uh, I'm trying to think everyone else that was in there. Um, a, a who's who list, of course, at the Hall of Fame. And I'm thinking about the Green Jacket dinner at Augusta and how awesome it would be just to know the conversations. I want to be in that room. I had a lot of homers around that table with the hitters, the sluggers that were around. So Well, and just thinking about just – we think there's stories about football teams, which there are, right? They're around each other a lot during the week, but – yeah, yeah. To me, the baseball stories, if you're around someone for seven, eight seasons and you are traveling all the time, 162 games a year, there are so many ingrained memories of that group. I, I think about how cool it is to sit and listen. And how tight that group that. was. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Schilling's with us tomorrow, right, Davey? Uh, so, yeah, whenever uh, – we'll ask Kurt about McGriff. I don't think we ever have. Yeah, that's that. a good one. Because he's talked about Roland. He's he was Roland's teammate for a time with Philly. But he, he, he's like on, he's team Scott Roland. Yeah. But I don't think we ha- we've asked him about Prime Dog, so we'll do that uh, coming up tomorrow. Chad, some future Hall of Famers are going to be featured uh, throughout this season for a season two that will drop on Netflix. Quarterback, which is a massive hit, and it's probably uh, not probably. I think it's going to eventually replace Hard Knocks as the show to watch for inside analysis, inside info on your favorite players. Look, if you're a football fan, you are missing out. Not if you're not watching quarterback right now. I'm four episodes in, and there's ten episodes in season one. Terrifically well done. Peyton Manning's behind it. You know how good he is with Omaha Productions and everything they touch. Um, Season one focuses on Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, and Marcus Mariota. Season two announced just a little while ago from Peyton Manning on the Pat McAfee show. Get this, Hutton. Josh Allen. Love it. Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers in year one with the Jets. I am surprised Aaron Rodgers has allowed this level of access in year one for an organization that has bitched so much about being on hard knocks. He has signed on with Peyton Manning to have cameras well, around him all the, the time. The organization can complain, but the players, like Sauce Gardner is apparently presenting Rodgers with some chain uh that did over the it did this in front of the media in the locker room. That will be on Hard Knocks. Like well, that's when what's I funny see, to me. When is, I see stories, I'm thinking, we will see this on Hard Knocks in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, but they, the organization is so mad about it, yet Aaron Rodgers on the side is working out a deal with Netflix and Peyton yeah. Manning to be a focus of an entire season of cameras around him. And there are. I mean, it is an all-access look on this show, but they're not around them every day. You know, you can right. see they've got great NFL films coverage of them of in-game stuff, and then they the ebbs and flows. They clearly select like here's a day you're going to spend time with the family at the uh, at the apple orchard. Here's the day yeah, we're going to yeah. go with you in the training room. Here's the day we're going to do this. They get one-on-one interviews with the coaches about we'll each player. Also, to go check out the set. Yeah, yeah, and then you know we're going to fast forward a couple weeks and get into week six now with this big game. But it's so well now, done. Look at it from the other. Watch two. it. I'm telling you, great show. Daniel Jones now with potentially Saquon holding out. And plus, uh, Josh Allen, who he's not the forgotten quarterback, but he's not talked about. I mean, 12 months later, no one's discussing 
Josh Allen as the favorite for MVP. You know, after the duel well, in the postseason, it's, it's so crazy. Also, because ago. on quarterback season one that I'm watching right now, I just got done watching week six a year ago. Bills and Josh Allen come to Arrowhead and play Patrick Mahomes, and they're showing. This is billed as the matchup between the top two quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. They go back and show the winning touchdown in overtime from Mahomes uh, to win the game in that classic playoff game and how they are the top two. And Josh Allen won that game. Josh Allen won that game at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception late with seconds left trying to get a field goal. And it was Allen that won the game, but the Bills have one bad outing against Cincinnati at home in the playoffs, and just how quickly Mahomes wins his second championship with the Chiefs. And you're right, Hutton. I feel like well, now... it's not just the, one bad... They, they, they're not an afterthought, no. but they have taken a, well, another Cincinnati slot Cincinnati took their from spot those. on the mantle right. is what happened. Yep. And they didn't fall. And then you have a lot of, a lot of those uh, around the league believe Baltimore is just as legit as what, what we're talking about with Buffalo and Cincinnati to compete with Kansas City with a healthy Lamar Jackson and a happy Lamar Jackson. So we'll see where they stack up. I'm, I'm fascinated by the AFC because now, now Rodgers is in it. And, I mean, yeah, you've got the battle between – you've also got the division rivalry between Rodgers well, and Well, I'll tell you one thing, show. watching this show does for me right now, it gets me hyped for football season to return. Every time I'm watching, I'm thinking, yeah. just watching Kirk Cousins by a fire pit in his backyard of his home – in Minnesota in October. Or Vince Wilfork in overalls back in the day. Yes. Or, you know, Marcus Mariota shirtless. No, I didn't watch that. <laughs> Actually, he is shirtless at points in it. But I'm thinking, I'm ready for fall. The whole thing just has me ready for football season and fall. It'll, it'll have you ready to run through a brick wall. It's very well done. Allie agrees in the YouTube chat. She says quarterback was a great series. She's finished it. I'm four in, but I can't How wait to watch the rest. Total? Ten, I believe. I think ten. And each are about 45 minutes to 50 minutes long, And each episode. This is all uh, Omaha Productions, behind the scenes, like producing all of this. Manning, specifically. Peyton Manning but. is the executive producer. And he, Peyton Manning opens the series, explaining the show and the quarterback position. I'm not positive it's Omaha Productions. I think it's the same group that's behind the F1 series also. Uh, it's on okay. Netflix, Drive to Survive. But yeah. it's very well done. It sounds like what Hard Knocks used to be. I mean, you know? because you didn't really see that type. You, it's been a, a few seasons now or whatever, but you would see guys get cut. You had uh, one of the players find out he was, I'm trying to remember who it was, who got traded in Indy and was like literally crying in the, in the general manager's office uh, during that season or maybe during training camp, right at the end of training camp. You don't see the behind-the-scenes aspect the way that show showed you and now with quarterback you do get to know some things behind the scenes that otherwise I mean even the teams are not given this access to the social media uh, producers and execs that the teams employ for their website well I think with just one example of something you're just not going to get normally I mean you could read an article about you know a beat writer researching something with one of these players but watching Patrick Mahomes work out his spine and his spine strength, and watching his strength coach that goes back to high school with him, explaining how only 9% of athletes have the same flexibility in their spine and their line of sight that Patrick Mahomes has. 
an example, there's no other quarterbacks in the league that can roll left or right and see with their spine and their eyes all the way across the field the way Mahomes can. And he is blessed with that natural ability, but they do these training exercises to strengthen his spine and his neck to have flexibility when he's moving around so he can keep his eyes on all parts of the field at all times. Things like that blow my mind. The, the other just observation of these three, Herbert and Burrow are not on this list, and they're in a contract spot where they can get extensions now. They're also going to be going through the season where they're definitely going to get one a year from now, right? That All three here got contracts either re- recently or literally months ago with Rodgers and with uh, – with Jones. I, I'm telling you, and you'll you'll see when you start watching it, Hutton. I watch this show, and I think there's not a single starting quarterback in the NFL that would not be interesting on this show. Well, Marcus Mariota, who is milk toast Marcus, when we covered him here with the Titans, is fascinating on this show behind the scenes. I think a lot of that his too wife is, is also expecting a baby throughout the season, which yeah, the adds a different element and, and to the it. The baby is born right as oh, he's they're, they're teasing the stuff that's to come when he gets benched and leaves the team. And but went, all that's going to be on the show. And then he was saying he went to for the birth of his child. Again, it was, that was a strange thing, too, with Arthur Smith, who coached him here and wanted him there. And then Our old buddy Arthur Smith doesn't seem like someone who really Ar- wanted to be on this show, though, based on this, no, the, the coaches short are times this, right? they have with him. Well, Kevin O'Connell is very present on the show. Okay. He does a lot. Of, he's on there a lot more doing interviews Robert than Sala's the other not coaches. not going to be seen very much, I'm guessing. No. Arthur Smith's not seen Maybe Nathaniel much. Hackett. I'm trying to think. Um, Andy Reid is is on camera doing interviews about Mahomes. But it's a good show. I can't wait for season two. Chad, uh, another player has been suspended indefinitely. Um, Awazaruke is, uh, from the Broncos, has been suspended indefinitely for gambling, for violating the gambling policy. So um, he's eligible for reinstatement. It's a full year at least on the, uh, I guess, uh, indefinite term there. So it's right as training camp would be, be beginning next year is whenever the NFL is saying he's eligible to apply for reinstatement. But here we are, you know, a couple weeks later after having the big discussion about the policy and whether or not the players know about it or not, these will continue to trickle out. But it's not going to be a major issue until there is a player on this list that's irreplaceable. And that's well, are they the going down the line of sports books to find out their information? No, I, it, or I, did this guy actually do it after the last round? Uh, there's no other details than that. But but again, it doesn't matter if you did it after the last round. You could they're retroactively going back if they found. Oh, bets I know, but I feel like you. when they had that last announcement, they found everyone they could at the time. I, I didn't know how they're getting information from the past now. They're just forward. to my knowledge, they are just handed reports and proof that it's their account and their money that they bet. And I'm sure from there you go through the PA and then you, you know, go through the, the agents to inform everything. The team doesn't know all that much until last minute. That sucks. That's a scramble, though. If you have a starting tackle, if you have a I mean, quarterback, we know about. But there's a couple of positions on some key teams that are vying for a, a ring. Uh, you, Jamar Chase is do- doing something like this. Peace. Look, I'll believe I mean, I, that, all of this is real when a quarterback gets popped. I mean, it's real. The players are admitting to oh, it. Oh, no. They, they really did it. I'm saying oh, I'll, really believe, I'll believe the NFL that, 
is truly digging in on everyone. Right. When I see a star, when Patrick Mahomes gets suspended for betting on a team bus on a UFC fight, right? I'll believe. Well, it's that'll real. be six games, but yeah. Um, and in the case of a not player, saying that he has, and I, I, I don't, I don't know if anyone has, but and, and that's just, where I'll truly believe. It. And then we get to compare because it's happening in every league. Then we get to compare if anything ever came out about Major League Baseball players doing it. You know, you've got the players, you've got yeah. Ridley betting on the Falcons. Well, they're, they're smart in that they don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, they're not asking for Major the League reports. Baseball sitting around saying, no, oh, we're good. We're good. Games are all right. Viewership's up. Attendance is up this year. Pitch clock is working, guys. We don't need some sort of Pete Rose-level scandal in no. our sport. We're good. Otani's going to be traded. Fingers crossed. FanDuel, DraftKings, we want none of your data. None of it. We don't care. Back at it tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, 3 o'clock Eastern.